Good morning, everyone. Let's uh, stand and worship. I'm just going to pray us in. Jesus, I thank you so much for your goodness. God, I thank you that you're here with us. And I just ask that today would be a beautiful time of worship and fellowship in Jesus' name. Let's stand and worship. Amen.
guys, thank you so much for coming, um, joining us. You guys can have a seat for a minute. Um, we want to say thank you so much for coming. I already said that, sorry. But um, if you missed it, we really are glad that you're here. Um, I want to encourage you, if you came in, you should have gotten a welcome folder. I forget what we call them. But inside is a connection card. And we would really love to have you guys fill that out. Am I too loud, the vocals? Is it too loud for you guys? Okay, so, okay, then I will just plug my ears. How's that? Okay, so <laughs> I'm trying to get fired from this job. That's what I'm trying to do here. Okay. I know, I keep trying and they keep scheduling me. I'm sorry. Okay, so uh, please use your connection card. Please fill it out, whether you are a first time um, guest or if you've been coming for a while. Um, we would love to know one, that you're here, but two, how we can help you connect, um, how we can help you um, pray for you. Um, and there's a variety of different ways to use that card. Another thing you can do is um, if you have not registered online for our camping trip, you can also write on your card that you're interested, that you're coming. Um, we are going camping in two weeks. Two weeks from today, this is going to be a very quiet room because a lot of us are going to be out camping, and we would love to have you join us. Um, but this is the last week to register, so make sure you do. We have a few spots left. Um, however, even if camping is not your thing, you're welcome to come join us on Saturday, uh, the 26th. I think. Um, and we had a lot of people just, like, we doubled in numbers last year. People just showed up the day of, just hung out with us for the day. At 5 o'clock, we'll have a potluck barbecue, so you can just bring some food, and when we just party it up, there was some games, and there was worship around the campfire. So we would love to have you guys come, even if it's just for the day. But if you're planning to camp, please RSVP. Um, just so you know how the rest of our service, oh, disco, you can go to online to discochurch.com slash events. I think it's like one of the featured events. That's how you can register or get more information. Um, what to expect today. In just a few minutes, we're going to continue in worship. We have a kind of a different set today. Um, it's maybe harder to sing to, so it's fine. This worship, however, is however God leads you. So if you want to stand and sing out, that's great. If you want to lift your hands, we love that. If you just want to sit and listen to the words and just let the scripture soak over you, that's okay too. So you worship the way that works best for you, um, especially if the song is a bit unfamiliar. Um, but even though it might be unfamiliar, it is um, powerful words. One of the songs is Psalm 46, so we're literally singing scripture. Um, and um, so it's going to be new for you guys today. Um, most of the people in this room probably don't know it. So if this is a new song for you, you're okay. You're just like everybody else. Um, so we're going to do some more worship. Then we're going to have a new teaching series by uh, uh, Jesse is going to be back preaching with us today. Pastor John um, is on a, a little bit of a study break. So he's going to start the series, The Unfinished Work. We're going to take some time to pray together. We're going to worship through giving back to God. That will be the time that you can either give your offering or your connection card if you're new with us. And then we're going to sing some more. Um, so we're going to close out with some final announcements, and we will dismiss you to enjoy your Sunday. And with that, let's get back to worship. You guys want to stand up and join us? Could all that 
that is lost ever be found? And could a garden come up from this ground at all? God, I know it's true that you make beautiful things. You make beautiful things out of the dust you make beautiful things you make beautiful things out of ice all around hope is springing up Chaos life is being found in you. You make beautiful things. You make beautiful things out of the dust. You make beautiful things.
things that are broken, you take things that are messy and dusty and dirty, and you make new things. Thank you that you literally made man out of dust. God, we praise you and thank you for your power. Psalm 46, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy inhabitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. But the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. So come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow, the bow. He breaks the bow and he shatters the spear. He burns the chariots for fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Amen. Oh, come behold the works of God, the nations at his feet. He breaks the bow and bends the spear and tells the wars to cease. Oh, mighty one of Israel, you are on our side. We walk by faith in God who burns the chariots with Lord of hosts, with us in the fire, with us as we shelter, with us in the storm. Oh, you will lead us through the promised to protect them and carry them to the land but the Israelites want to take it into their own hands and do their own thing and God says go but I won't be there with you 
but they're better, they're smarter than that. They make a lot of mistakes, but they know. Moses says to the Lord, you have been telling me, Exodus 33, you have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You've said, I know you by name and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. And the Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. God, if you are not in it, we will not go with you. God, if you don't want us to go, we won't. God, would that be true? Would that be our prayer? But then we know that when you call us into the fire or you call us into the battle, that you will be our, our strength, that you will be our presence. You will be their victory for your glory alone. In Jesus' name, amen. you are with us. We know that you tell us you have your commands and you have us, ask us to follow you in obedience. And we know that we fail time and time again, but your grace is upon grace upon grace. It is never ending. God, we thank you for your steadfast love. We thank you that you lead us and guide us every step of the way. If only we would make the choice to follow you. So whether we've never known you or we've followed you for years, God, continue to lead us Forgive us, guide us, and love us in that gentle way that you know. Protect us, guide us, lead us. God, we thank you and we give you all of the glory for all that you have done for the Israelites in the past, for what you're doing now, and what you'll be doing in the future. God, we thank you and praise you and worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. I think Donna's just going to stay up here and continue. Are you cool with that, Donna? Like... Um, 
man, I'm so happy to be with you. How are you guys doing this morning? Yeah, no, it's great. It's like the end of summer, like you're, everybody's sunburned. You're like, we're here, ready for our kids to go. Who's ready for kids to go back to school? Like, please, like y'all are fighting too much. Please go away. Um, we love you, but get out of here. Um, I am super excited to be with you guys today. If we haven't had the chance to meet, my name is Jesse, um, and we are starting a brand new sermon series called The Unfinished Work. Um, I don't know about you guys, but when I was a kid, uh, we handed out these things called tracks. Does anybody remember handing out tracks when you were a kid? And they were usually like a little comic book. This is the ones we had. They were little comic books, and they would eventually just tell someone, like, unless you turn to Jesus, you're going to burn forever for eternity, right? And, like, we would leave them in bathrooms for some reason. Like, we'd always, we'd leave them all over the place. And there was always this thing that stood out to me about this, these, these things we leave, is that it, it always sold that the end goal of Christianity was the point of conversion, Right? Like, once someone becomes a Christian, we did it. Right? Success. They love Jesus. Life is going to be fantastic for them and for us. And I got another check mark for my heavenly hotel. That was how it was sold to me as a kid. I don't think that's true. Um, because as many of you have experienced in life, some of you say yes to Jesus. And guess what life is? It's still hard. Hi, Sherry. And you're like, what is going on? You're like, why is this thing so hard still? Why is this difficult? Why is this not as easy as I was promised? There's unfinished work. In this series, what we kind of want you to do, uh, well, not what we kind of want you to do, what we want you to do is we want you to step into um, maybe the uncomfortable moments, the the hard things. We want you to um, step into a richer faith, a, a deeper understanding of what God has for you. Um, I'm a pretty big nerd. Anybody here a nerd in some way? Um, so, like, if you play fantasy, who plays fantasy football? You ever play fantasy football? You know that's just like Dungeons and Dragons for jocks, right? Like, you collect little guys, and you put them on a team, and you battle other people on another team. Like, that's what you're doing, right? It's all the same stuff. And uh, what I love about being a nerd about anything, whether it's football, baseball, uh, Lord of the Rings, I think, I know we've got some Lord of the Rings fans. Star Wars, any Star Wars fans in the building? Right, right? I know some of y'all Marvel nerds, you love Marvel movies. Like, what I love about these different things is that you can go to the movie, like you could go and watch a Star Wars movie, and you could be a fan of Star Wars, you could be into it, but like, there's moments in Star Wars where they like enter into like the seedy cantina, and our heroes walk in, and Behind them is all these little creepy weird guys, all these little alien dudes. And what I love about being a nerd is that every single one of those little creepy dudes has a backstory, right? Like somebody made an action figure of that little creepy guy, and he has a comic book about him, and there's a book about him, and there's a whole background, there's lore surrounding this person. And so kind of what it feels like is, yeah, I can go to this movie, I can be excited about what I'm watching, but then I can go deeper, right? And it gives me a greater understanding of what's going on. And this is what the Christian life is like. You can say yes to Jesus. You can begin to follow him and walk with him. But there is a depth that um, I know some of you have been following Jesus for a long time. And no one has arrived. No one would raise their hand and be like, yeah, I've mastered this Christian thing. I got it nailed down. It's easy. It's great. None of us would do that. 
So we want to invite you into the deeper work. Now, we have been in the book of Luke for a long time. We are only on chapter 9. So the reality is we're going to be in the book of Luke for a lot longer. And what's nice about it is, like, I preach, like, once a month, and, like, I don't have to guess, like, where we're at. Like, John's just like, yeah, we're still in Luke. I'm like, great, fantastic, here we are. Um, so we're going to be in Luke chapter 9, and to give you some context of what's going on here is this is kind of a long passage. It's a long chapter where we're kind of reaching the end, and Jesus initially in the chapter, he commissions the 12 disciples, and he says, you guys are going to go out. You guys are going to have the power to heal, to cast out demons. You guys are going to be given a portion of my ability, and through prayer, you're going to be able to step out and do amazing, amazing things. So they go out, and guess what? They do that. They heal people. They, 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 they pray. They, they lead people closer to Jesus. It's an amazing thing. Jesus then feeds 5,000. People are excited. There's a moment where we heard about last week called the transfiguration where Jesus is shown to be better than Moses, which in, in Judaism, Moses is like the guy. So if you're above the guy, it's a big deal. So it's all these wins. Chapter 9 is like, yeah, man, we're, we're, we're cruising. This Jesus movement, it's going. It's exciting. We're in it. And then we get to this moment. They come off the mountain. And like so many mountaintop experiences, you can't live there, can you? So they come off the mountain, and this is what happens in verse 37. The next day, when they came down from the mountain, a large crowd met him, Jesus. Just then a man from the crowd cried out, Teacher, I beg you to look at my son, because he's my only child. A spirit seizes him. Suddenly he shrieks, and it throws him into convulsions until he foams at the mouth, severely bruising him. It scarcely ever leaves him. I begged your disciples to drive it out, but they couldn't. Jesus replied, this is Jesus getting mad here, you unbelieving, in other translations, says, faithless and perverse generation, how long will I be with you and put up with you? Bring your son here. As the boy was still approaching, the demon knocked him down, threw him into severe convulsions, but Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit, healed the boy, and gave him back to his father. So we have a moment here. We have uh, something that should be easy for the disciples to do. Remember, they were doing it. They were healing. They were casting out demons. This is your shot. This, you can do this thing. But for whatever reason, this is a hard stop. They're stopped. And I don't know about you, but this is kind of our first idea today, is that there are hard stops in life, right? Life is filled with these moments where we have to pause, we have to take a step back and say, oh man, what is going on, right? That, that kind of lie that's sold to us about Christianity is not only that you will become a Christian, everything will be better, but that life is just one continued act of progression forward, right? That you're always going to have a better job. Your marriage is always going to be better than it was before. Your kids are gonna love you a little bit more than they did before. How many of you parents know that's true, right? Your teenagers are going to love you just as much as they did when they were toddlers. No, right? Like, life is not just this steady march of progression forward. It's filled with these hard stops. And there are moments in life where we have to look at what we're doing and we say, it's not working anymore. It's not. And some of you are there right now. Like, the life you've been living isn't working anymore. Your relationships are frayed and tattered. You don't enjoy your job right? Your kids don't like you. 
you don't like your spouse. Like, life is hard. And there are moments where we have to take a step back and say, it's not working anymore. For the disciples, they're in this moment. The things that used to work aren't working. And they're looking around, they're like, what is going on? Sometimes these hard stops are relationships that are broken. Uh, Sometimes it's natural things that happen um, or unnatural things that happen. Um, I don't know about you, but COVID was a hard stop for many of us, right? COVID was a moment where we all had to sit back and say, whoa, whatever we were doing yesterday, we don't get to do that way anymore. It's a stop. And so we have to reorient ourselves in a way to say, where are we going? How are we moving? How are we going to get closer to Jesus in this process? Because what we were doing yesterday is not working anymore. For a long time, I worked in uh, banks, which is a very riveting job if you've ever been in a bank. So here's, a, here's the thing. I don't know if you guys ever noticed this. If you're in a bank, they don't typically have clocks on the wall. You guys ever noticed that? Because they don't want you to know how long you've been standing there. That's how boring it is. They want time to stand still. It's horrible. And, uh, but I worked at this bank, and this bank I actually I liked. I've worked at other banks that I didn't like. This bank I really enjoyed. It was uh, kind of a slower branch. Like I was a banker, so on a busy day, I would maybe help three or four people in a day. Like, it was pretty dope. Um, but, you know, so I'd, I'd go to work, and I'd have to wear a tie, which, not my jam. Uh, but go to work, and I don't know about you, but does anybody pray when you're in the car? Anybody pray in the car, right? In the car, as long as you're not closing your eyes, it's a good time to pray, right? <laughs> like, that's just first point. So on the way to work, I would oftentimes pray, and I would, I would say prayers like this. I would say, God, I pray that I have a good day. Right? That's a, that's a solid prayer to pray. God, I pray that I have a good day. Uh, I pray that my wife has a good day when I'm not home with her because we love each other madly and deeply and she's going to miss me so much. <laughs> um, I would pray that prayer. I would pray for my kids. We had only two at the time. Um, and I would I'd pray for them. I'd pray that they would have a good day with, you know, Grandma or with uh, Stephanie or, or whatever they're doing. I would pray for my coworkers. I would pray that I would get lots of sales in the day so I could have a great commission check. Like, I would pray for all of these things. And it was great. It was fantastic. And then one day in 2015, um, those prayers were no longer effective for the situation I found myself in. Around noon, two men come into the bank, and they are wearing ski masks. That's a bad sign, right? That's a bad sign. So they come into the bank with ski masks. One of the men proceeds to jump behind the teller line, and he's emptying the drawers, right? And he has a gun. Again, not a good sign. So he's stealing the money, and the other gentleman sees me, comes up to me, and he puts a gun in my face. Now, if you've never had a gun in your face, don't recommend it. It's not fun. So, this gun is in my face, and I'm praying, but I'm not saying the same prayers I was praying this morning, right? The, the, the prayers on my way to work were not sufficient for the new moment I was in, because this new moment demanded something different, right? It demanded the prayers to be not just, God, will you make this day go by quick, but God, will you help me get through this day? God, I pray that I can uh, have a great day with my kids. No, it's, God, I pray that my kids have a dad, right? And so it's a, it's a hard stop 
in the mundane life that you're living that's saying that, hey, what you are doing, it, it doesn't work anymore. You have to do something different. You have to reorient yourself in a different way. And maybe this is where you're at today. A loss of life, a loss of friendship, a loss of a job. These things, they stop us in our tracks and they make us say, maybe I need to do something different. What I love about this story, and this is a part of pressing into scripture, is this, is that this story is actually told in all three of the synoptic gospels. In Matthew, Mark, and Luke, we have uh, different angles on this story. And so I want to read what Jesus says to the disciples uh, when they ask him, Why couldn't they do it? It's from Mark chapter 9. It says this. After he had gone into the house, his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? Why couldn't we do it? And he told them, this kind, this situation, can come out by nothing but prayer, and some translations add fasting. By prayer and fasting. Now, is Jesus giving them Um, hey, you need to do more religious activities. No. Is she just saying, like, hey, you need to pray, like, 25% more. You need to fast a couple more days out of the week. No, this isn't what he's saying. But what he is telling them is he's pointing to things that draw us in to him because this is what Jesus wants. Jesus wants us to press in. He wants us to press in. He wants us to say yes to him. He wants us to say, I want to follow you. But he also wants us to grow into a deeper relationship with him. Um, Prayer is simply communication, right? And the best relationships in our lives are relationships that we communicate with. Bradley is one of my best friends in the entire world, right? But if I don't ever talk to Bradley, we're actually really bad at texting, so... This might be too true to life right now, right? But if we don't ever communicate, how good is that friendship going to be, right? I could love my, life, my, my wife madly and deeply, but if I didn't talk to her, right, if I didn't tell her what my schedule was for the week, if we weren't communicating, how good would that relationship be? It wouldn't be. So prayer is simply this chance for us to communicate. It's a chance for us to Um, ask him for help. It's a chance for us to repent, to say, God, I'm struggling in this area. It's an opportunity to talk to the creator of the universe in an intimate way. That's a beautiful thing. Um, Fasting is, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but the only time I hear about uh, fasting today is like when someone's like, I'm intermittent fasting. You guys hear that? Like, what are you doing for working out nowadays? Well, I'm intermittent fasting. You know, I'm not eating until two in the afternoon. You're like, dope, cool. Right? But fasting is this idea. It's not just giving up food. When I was a kid, we would like fast TV. Anybody ever fast TV or something like that? Um, You would give up something. And what we have to understand about the ancient world is it's not just giving up a meal, right? In in the ancient world, 2,000 years ago, in first century Palestine, um, any drought, any rainfall that's unexpected, any bad harvest, any locust horde that sweeps through could devastate a community. So food was not guaranteed. There is no refrigeration, right? There is no preservatives besides salt. Like, this is it. So when you have a meal in front of you, for you to skip that meal, not only are you saying, I'm giving up this meal, you're saying, I don't know when the next one is coming. See, fasting, it's less about giving up food, but it's giving up the temporary 
in the hope and in the trust that something is going to show up tomorrow. It's giving up the temporary for an eternal thing, for something that's deeper. And this is what we do with Jesus. We trust in him. We pray and we fast to draw in to him. And these are faith builders, I believe. Uh, William Barclay, a Scottish theologian, he writes in his uh, commentary on the book of Mark, he writes this. Unless we maintain this contact with God in prayer, we lose two things. We lose vitality, we lose that living power, that something plus, which makes for greatness. The thing becomes performance instead of an offering to God. What should be a vital living body becomes a beautiful corpse. The second thing we lose is we lose humility. What should be used for God's glory, we begin to use for our own And the virtue goes out of it. What should have been used to set God before men is used to set ourselves before them, and the breath of loveliness is gone. This is what happens when we're disconnected from prayer. We begin to operate in our own ways. And we've all done things for attention before, right? We all want to be admired, encouraged, looked up to in some way. But what this is pointing to, this idea is that It's not our power that heals. It's not our power that casts out. It's not our power that leads people further to Jesus. It's him. And we get to be a part of it. We get to take part of it. But it's not about us. In Matthew, um, again, in this version of the story from Matthew, Jesus says this to them. He says, because of your little faith, uh, he told them, for I truly tell you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will tell this mountain, move, from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. So all three of the Gospels are giving us this story of prayer, fasting, and faith. And these things are all tied together. Uh, I grew up on the east side of Tacoma, uh, right down the street, on 59th in Portland. And uh, my house, it was like halfway underground. I don't know if you guys have ever seen like these houses before where the, the bottom floor is like, it's actually in the ground. So my window was parallel to the ground. And my room was cold. Um, it felt like a dungeon. I had this weird little awkward window. Um, and the worst part about it was I shared this bedroom with my little brother, um, which is not fun when there's a seven-year age gap and your parents say that he can paint the room orange. Um, <laughs> right? It's like it's not a fun experience. And so I'm in this room, and I'm kind of hating my life, and uh, we got this weird little window, and I'm trying to sleep, and I have this very vivid memory of laying in my bed, and, and through the window, and through, like, the slats of the bunk bed, I can see the moon, right? I can see the moon. I remember night after night, I would just watch the moon, right, because it would be there for a long time in just this little space, and it would help me go to sleep at night, and I would, I would think about it all the time, and as I've gotten older, I still look for it, right? It's, it's that thing. It's up there every night, hopefully. Um, And I look for it, and here's the thing that I think so often is like, you could have the biggest window in the world, the nicest window, but if it's pointed at the wrong thing, right, if it's pointed in the wrong direction, then you're not going to see that moon, right? What Jesus is pointing to, he's talking about faith, and he's saying, if you just have a little bit of faith, if you have a peephole of a window, if you have the smallest uh, belief in something real, in something big, in something outside of yourself, then it's enough to make mountains move. See, some of us have big faith in things that we shouldn't have big faith in. Some of you got big faith in your jobs, right? 
Jobs don't always work out. Some of you got big faith in our economy. Good luck. Some of you guys have a big faith in a a president, right? Some of you have big faith in your spouse. Some of you have big faith in your kids. And so we have these faith that we build and we put out there and we say, man, I trust this thing. But more often than not, that thing is going to fail. The thing is going to let you down. The most dangerous thing is oftentimes we put a lot of faith in ourselves. And man, that is a rough way to go sometimes. Because I mess up a lot, right? And so it's this idea is that if you have a little bit of faith and it's pointed in the right direction, it'll have more power than the biggest faith you have in these other institutions, these things. And so this this faith component is what Jesus is pointing to. He said, if you just have a little bit of faith, you could have done this thing. I don't know what's going on with the disciples' life. Um, I don't know why they can't do this thing now. I don't know what they're thinking. I don't know what changed in their prayers. You know, we don't have them here to ask them. But I think so often about how we go through life, and we'll have a, a spiritual experience. We'll, we'll come to Jesus in a time of crisis, and he'll come through for us. And we'll be on this, like, this mountaintop moment where everything feels great, and it's going good, and it's awesome. And then, like, the next week, something bad happens, and we revert back to our old behaviors. Right? We begin to do the things that we used to do. We begin to rely on ourselves in a way that's not good. And so it's like, when I see the disciples here, the first thing, I'm critical of them, but then I'm like, that's us. This is what we do. The logic in all of these verses that faith is fueled by prayer and fasting. That in order to grow our faith and target it in the right direction, we must be connected to the source. The last thing is uh, we must keep the gospel central. So I'm going to give you guys a little bit of inside baseball of what happens when uh, Pastor John asks me to speak a message. And because he's not here today, I'm going to give you like the T. You guys ready? So we get like, first of all, what you need to know is he doesn't drink coffee, which is already suspect, right? He doesn't drink coffee. So you're going to have to get like tea with him, which is weird in Washington. So you sit down for, like, breakfast or tea with your pastor, and then you do this thing where he's like, hey, do you want to speak in August? I'm like, yeah, I'd like to speak in August. Sure, what do you want me to speak on? And he does this really nice thing, and if you know Pastor John well, um, he does this thing. He's like, I'd really like you to speak on this right here, and he gives you, like, he lays it out for you. Like, hey, you know, I want you to talk about Luke chapter 9, verses 37 through 43, Uh, talk about the disciples' inability to heal this kid, um, and he goes, like, for 15 minutes. And the entire time I'm taking notes, I'm like, yeah, this is good stuff. This is good stuff. And then he does this. And he goes, but actually, just, like, do whatever the Holy Spirit tells you to do. Right? <laughs> Nicole's like, yeah, this is what he does. Right? Like, it's, it's Star, too. Star's like, yeah, this is exactly it. Like, hey, I, I'm going to give you this whole long thing of what I want you to do, but then I'm going to say, don't do it. But then you know that he actually wants you to do it because he just laid it out for 15 to 20 minutes to you. Right? It's very confusing. It's very frustrating. I'm putting it out there. He's going to watch this message, and I'm sure. Jason, can we cut that from the live stream? Good looking out. We don't need to know. No emails, please. Uh, we don't want any of that. But most of the time, I'll say this, most of the time, I kind of follow the outline he gives me because uh, what I love about Pastor John, and, and I don't know if you know this or not, he, he plans out for the whole year what we're going to be doing. And he puts so much effort and thought and energy into our community, into you guys, 
and what he feels like God is telling him we need to hear. And so I don't ever really feel like it's my job to deviate from that too much, except for today. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. And I'm only doing this. This is, this is all it is. He told me to stop at verse 43. But the story doesn't end at verse 43. So I'm going to read verse 44. And I don't know if he's going to talk about verse 44 next week. So I don't want to steal his thunder. But here we go. <laughs> so verse 43, which I'm supposed to read, says this. And they were all astonished. This is the crowd watching the boy being healed. And they were all astonished at the greatness of God. While everyone was amazed at all the things he was doing, he told his disciples. This is verse 44. Right? You can't stop it. He told his disciples and not say it. Right? You guys understand. Verse 44 says this. Let these words sink in. The Son of Man is about to be betrayed into the hands of of men. So we have this moment. I want you to picture this moment. A young boy is healed. In a community, this young boy is this family's future, right? This is the only son. The only son is the key, is the key to your sociological, to your economical success in life. If you don't have another son, if you don't have an only son to carry on your name, to carry on the family, your future is lost. And so the community is excited. They're happy. They're, they're elated. This was something they didn't think was possible, right? The disciples failed, but Jesus was able to come through. And Jesus pulls his disciples to the side. And as people are cheering, I imagine he draws them close. He says, let this sink in. I'm telling you again, the Son of Man will be betrayed. In this moment of celebration, in this moment of excitement, Jesus is pointing us to his cross. We must keep the gospel central to our lives. Church can become many different things. It can become a social gathering. It can become a place where we get to perform. It can become a place where we get some needs met. It can become a place where we uh, meet people for job prospects. It can be a place where you find a single person to date. Like, it can become many different things. But at the end of the day, if the gospel is not central to everything we do, then it's for nothing. That it's empty cheers. It's excitement over a miraculous moment without an understanding that we have a miraculous future. Like, this is... Right here, the right now, we pray for miracles all the time. God, I pray that my marriage would be better. I pray that my kids would turn out okay. I pray that I would have a job that I loved. Right? We, we pray about these miraculous things. And then when they happen, it's this short, temporary excitement. It's that mountaintop moment. But we don't get to live there. In the same way that in the Old Testament, Moses comes off the mountain, right? And the Israelites have built golden calves, right? It's that mountaintop moment and then a crash. The transfiguration happens, and then Jesus comes down, and it's a crash, right? We heal a young boy. It's great. It's awesome. And then a crash. And some of us, we live in this up and this down, and I don't know about you, but it becomes exhausting. My wife and I, we oftentimes have a saying, and the saying is, it's always something. Doesn't life feel like that sometimes? It feels like no matter how far you get ahead, it's always something. Something. Somebody gets sick. 
An unexpected bill comes. This thing that wasn't supposed to happen, happens. And if all we're focused on is these mountaintops moment, we're not going to make it. We're not going to make it. We have to keep the cross central. We have to keep the gospel. We have to keep the truth of the resurrection at the, at the heart of our Christian walk. Right? When we talk about our faith, it's not just about these miraculous things that we're praying for, but it's about this eternity that we get to spend with a God who loves us madly and deeply. And this is what this pressing in does, this prayer, this fasting. It's only an attempt to grow closer to him. And it's the beautiful thing about the kingdom of God is it's an eternal thing, but it starts right here, right now, today. So my challenge for you, uh, no matter where you're at, maybe you've been a Christian five seconds, maybe you've been one five years, 50 years, my challenge for us is that we would press in, no matter what's going on. Maybe you feel like the metaphorical sun in your life has died. Something's gone wrong. The path you were supposed to be on is not the path you're on. The things you were supposed to be doing, you don't get to do. Maybe life is wrong in all the wrong ways. Maybe life is great. Maybe you have the job you've always wanted. Maybe your marriage is amazing. Maybe your kids love you deeply and you're operating in like this great space. But no matter where you're at, my my challenge for us is to see past this moment. Look past 2023. Look past 2026. Look past 10, 20, 30 years and look forward to an eternity. Look forward to a time spent with a God who loves you so much. If we were able to focus in that, if we were able to get out of the the cultural wars that we experience all the time, how many people would be drawn to Jesus? If we had a message of hope and life. I officiated a memorial last week for a 42-year-old man who committed suicide. And as I talked, his 14-year-old son sat in the front row and cried the entire time. Sobbed. In this moment, this man couldn't get past this moment, this moment of despair. And I wish I could have talked to him a week before. There's hope on the other side. There's an eternity on the other side. This is my prayer for us today, that you would step into that hope, that you would step into that truth, that whatever's going on, whatever your life looks like, there's a God who loves you deeply, madly, He sent his son to die for you. Let's pray. Father God, I I thank you for the hard stops in life. I thank you that there are moments that we are forced to stop, to step back. There are moments that push us into the uncomfortable, into the unknown. There are moments that cause us to have to press into you And I pray that we would do that. I pray that, like the disciples, that we would come to you and we'd say, God, it's not working. Why isn't it working? 
And your answer is always, press into me. Know me more. Communicate with me. Trust me. Rely on me. Have the smallest bit of faith in me. This is his cry for us. I pray today that we would take one small step for him, that we would know that we are not finished work, that there was a lot of unfinished work in our lives, that wherever we are at today it does not end here, but it ends in eternity. It ends in glory. I thank you for that gift today, and I pray we remember it today. In your name we pray. Amen. Stand and join me, this worship song. I woke up in darkness, surrounded in silence. So where, where have I gone? I woke to reality. Losing its grip on me Oh, where Where have I gone? Cause I can't see the light Before I see the sunrise You called and you showed and Broke through For me, I searched for you. What took me so long? And I was looking outside as if love would ever want to hide. I'm finding I was wrong. Cause I can feel the for it
God, we thank you and praise you that you have made us alive again. God, we thank you that you have woken us from our slumber. God, and for anyone that is just going through the day feeling lukewarm, feeling mundane, God, would you revive that spirit in us? Would you set us back on fire, bring us back alive? Remind us that there is so much more than this moment right now, God. God, we thank you that there's more than this moment because this moment sometimes just leads to death and sadness, but there is a greater hope. So would you call us to be still in your presence? Be still and know that you are God, Psalm 46. Know that you are our fortress, our protector, our guide. We thank you for bringing us alive. Help us from falling back into that. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us. You guys can have a seat. Um, Jesse was supposed to do the come back to giving back to God moment, so sorry if that was a little awkward. I forgot um, that. Yeah. Offering baskets being passed, please give lots of money. Yeah. <laughs> or don't, or don't, like don't. No, no, no. If you're new, don't give money. Give your connection card. I'm just the youth pastor. It doesn't, I mean. Right. He's like, we need money, y'all, because I have youth to do fun things with. Yeah. Lots of donuts. I don't say y'all, but he does, even though he's from Tacoma. Anyway, um, but so if you'd missed the baskets, we would love to get to know you more. If you're here, put your connection card or your offering in the box over here um, when, on your way out. So you didn't miss your chance. Um, but before we leave, too, I don't, hopefully you all know this, but this is uh, the Nigrans last Sunday. Um, <laughs> I know, right? We had to wait until the very end because most of us were going to cry about it. Um, so John and Juno, um, we just want to pray over you guys. So if you um, know them, love them, um, and especially if you're worship team, like, come on up. We're going to pray over them. Um, please come on stage so we can lay hands on you guys if you want to come. You may not know this, but John and Juno do so much behind the scenes. Um, Juno, <laughs> the slides, like, Juno is, like, the only one who knows how to use ProPresenter. So this is your last week of good slides. Um, unless someone wants to step up and volunteer. But yes, if you guys would come forward. Um, John has taken a job in North Carolina, and so um, they are moving on Wednesday. Um, most of their boxes are already packed. Um, if you, uh, you're welcome to come to my house after service today from one to four. It's an open house, and we're just gonna hang out and eat some food um, and spend time with them. So please do come, but we're gonna just pray over you guys. Um, I'm just gonna... Let you guys pray and then I'll close. Lord Jesus, there is something about um, the Nigrants and how they have been such a heart in this place. That what they do uh, will not soon be forgotten. That um, the humor, the uh, kindness, the joy that they both exhibit on stage and off stage will be so missed. Um, from bad rock and roll with John <laughs> and Juno's humor, we're going to miss them deeply and know that you're going to bless them in this next season of their lives. Right now, somebody's praying. 
couple to come in and speak love on their community. And Lord, I hope they know what they're going to get. So, uh, <laughs> I just pray, Lord, that they would walk big steps of faith towards what you have for them. And thank you for the time that we had them. Yeah. Such a blessing. Thank you that you go before them, Lord, that you pave the way, that you have beautiful things in store for them, Lord. And I pray as they uh, go about this next journey that you would give them peace, Lord, that you would increase their faith greatly, Lord, that they could lead their daughters well and excitedly into the future that you've already prepared for them and laid out for them. Lord, thank you that you prepare good work for them to do. Thank you that there's a ministry waiting. Lord, I, I pray that you would fill them with peace as they as they find their way um, and, and their plan with you. God, I thank you for the Nigrans. I thank you for the ministry and their devotion to you, that their acts of worship and service have been um, a blessing and an offering to you. God, I pray that as others have prayed, that they will be a blessing um, to their new community. And God, I just... I'm broken and angry that you would take them away from us, <laughs> but I thank you that you can handle our anger and our sadness and our frustration when you change plans and there's always something else. But God, I know and I trust that you are doing a beautiful thing with their lives and you are going to do something beautiful in North Carolina. So thank you, Lord, that you don't leave us to get mundane. You don't leave us to die. You bring us to life even when that means change and sadness and hard things. God, would you go with them? You've already gone before them. Now go with them as they go to their next chapter. In Jesus' name, amen. There's one of the beautiful things about discovery is that we don't hold on to people so tightly. We wish we could, yeah. but we, uh, we are a family and we love each other, but we're also called to go out, whether that's overseas or to a new state um, or anywhere else. So... If you guys think about it, pray for Juno because she is getting on a plane with four cats and four children by herself. I mean, without John. And so we have a bag of goodies. It's kind of heavy and my bag broke. A bag of goodies for you guys to split because John will be taking all the rest of the stuff and driving cross country with one of the daughters. So there's a Starbucks gift card in there because they love Starbucks, and there's a whole bunch of goodies, including peanut M&Ms and all, a bunch of your favorite stuff. Um, we love you guys so much. Yeah. Okay. If you, even if you didn't know the Nigrans and you just want to come meet them, you're welcome to come to my house. And just came to hang out with us. Josh is going to grow burgers, and um, we're just going to love on them and have fun. Yeah, so um, just come find me. I'll give you my address. Um, so also, unfortunately, we have to tear down completely tonight. Today, um, there's going to be an event here this week. And so if you are willing to stay just a little bit after, we would love your help to get everything packed like a normal Sunday, just this Sunday. The rest of the summer, we can still stay set up. So if you're willing to help, please come do that. Also, um, as we say goodbye to the Nigrans, there is a really giant card out there that we would love for you guys to just write a quick note to them. And uh, let's see. I think that's it. Okay, you guys are dismissed. Have a great week.